How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke Buckley with Joe Marino. Back for, uh, I think, the eighth installments of the Costly Optimistic podcast of the season. Uh, and the Sabres are coming off two wins. So uh should be some some good stuff to talk about. Some good things happened in the game against, uh, in the 90s night game against the Blues. And then before that, it was, what was it? What was the game? It's keeping my mind now. Montreal. Yes. Mon- Montreal. Yeah, so Yeah, well last week it was very a very depressing episode. Percent. It was, yes. Uh I think you you were done, basically. <laughs> I was pretty much counted out. Yeah. Yeah, because the Bills had been struggling a little bit too. And went off a win too, although it was a, a close one to the very end. Yes. We were still and... without a win in November. As of last week, right. any Buffalo team. Yeah. Yeah. Things are turning so, around, I guess you yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm feeling good. Uh, Matias yeah. Samuelson coming. I think, I don't remember if we said it on the podcast or not, but I definitely said it. Group chat and also tweeted it on the, the Twitter yeah. as well. Back was going to. Like obviously it would help, but yeah. But it's no, it appears. Magic, listen, no. <laughs> there's some magic there. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't think either one of us gonna sit here and say, "Oh, well, he was the, certainly the glue that held the team together." But it, it's hey, he's back, and uh, suddenly the team's winning again. But they won a few games after he vibes. got hurt. It's the vibes. Maybe look, it is the vibes. Yeah, they look. They the look how the they team that was when, winning. Yeah. When yes. he was healthy, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and may, you know what? Maybe it is just there's a stabilizing presence back there now, Indeed. right? I mean, he's. I I I was sitting behind the glass uh, the other night for '90s nights, and just watching him, he is so sound defensively. He's so good. I just I kept saying to my brother who I was with, I said Samuelson is so good. I love watching Matias yeah. Samuelson. <laughs> he's so he's he's amazing. He's just very sneaky. He is, presence. and he's always in the right area. He, uh, you can't overpower him on the puck. He's just, uh, he's a really good player. And yeah. I hope, I hope, um, I hope the merchandising department comes around to him too, because no Matias Samuelson jerseys at the Saber mm-hmm. store. I once I tried getting there early so I could hopefully get one of the new Goathead jerseys. Yeah, which they did restock. Yeah, there was an Eric Comrie jersey. Yeah, but... <laughs> they had Eric Comrie, but uh, <laughs> no, um, no Matias Samuelson. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Well, you know what's weird? You did say there was a restock. I yes. quite the restock on sale, and I got put on the waiting list. Jersey, and I haven't heard anything. The guy on the phone told me he was going to call me. That doesn't surprise me, honestly. Oh. But yeah, so maybe they're just in such high demand that they're not even like holding yeah. them. Yeah, that uh, so hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on one. That totally does not surprise me. Uh, <laughs> someone, I mean, it's probably hectic down there, right? They're preparing for Black Friday. Right. Uh, maybe they're prioritizing the uh, Black Friday um, folks, right? Well, could be the store. They had plenty of could be a thing. 
retro jerseys all. So if you're Funny, trying what was to that? get your hands on one of them, the reverse retro jerseys. Yeah, I actually thought about grabbing one of those the other night. They had Power and Dalene, but and they had I think they had some Tuck maybe, but I I'd side against yeah. it. Just uh, save save some save some cash if you will. Um. Yes. It seems like all the Peyton Krebs jerseys were sold out. So good. Yeah. So I I, I saw um a couple of uh, Krebs jerseys actually, so maybe he did something somewhere to catch the eye of someone. I how sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. How many people had the Goathead jerseys? So many people had them at the game. It was yeah. But anyways, now that we're talking about the Goathead nineties night, it was a great atmosphere. It felt like the Predators were like really good, and like I think they were in the Stanley Cup final, and they lost. Yes, they lost to Pittsburgh years ago. Yeah, it felt yeah. like that kind of atmosphere, where like almost like a European. Yeah, oh yeah, there was the singing songs. There was a few Olay chants. People yeah. finished up with uh, what was what's this? What's uh, I want it that way? They finished out the chorus, much like mm-hmm. Avalanche fans singing. Uh, uh, Blink Winnie two. So and at the end of the game, they're the they are, uh, Yeah, that's so right. Not a chance too. Yes. Uh oh the, the the Luke chance just brought me back to the uh when the predator again mentioned the predators, the when yeah. uh Thomas Vokun to make a big save, they go Coon and I or or how about uh when Longo make a save? Lou I love mm-hmm. it. We, yeah, we I haven't had a goal. I couldn't really tell what they were chanting. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Lou. Mm-hmm. Ook. I was. I was some thinking people, it was... some people were saying it was Ook, but I, I in my, I've seen both. I was saying Lou. <laughs> I've seen to say Lou, and I was saying Luke the entire time. Maybe it's because I have a Luke bias, but uh, I was saying <laughs> I was saying Luke the whole night. Yeah, I'm just hoping for someone to chant my name. That's all. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Good. We had we had uh we had goose and we had drew we had stew wasn't there also mm-hmm. one uh, way back in the day too um wasn't there an older player what a uh, I digress but we have had some recently but we have never had a goalie get that get the the ooh treatment yeah, it it was it was quite nice and he deserved it really yeah no I don't know about you. But I thought he looked better on film than in person. <laughs> some of the really? some of the saves, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was great, right? I mean, he was timely. Yeah. He made the saves that he needed to make. But uh, maybe saves just look more impressive um, on on video. Yeah, I'm hoping. I've been a doubter for the last few years now, but right. they've got a good goalie in the system. So there and there, there are there are often uh, late bloomers. You know what, like. The most God, the most tired analogy, and I, I hate to, to veer off course here for a minute, but like when people say, "Well, it took Josh," you know, well, think of Josh Allen; he was a rookie. He looked, he looked horrible, and now, like, uh, I think there's a hockey version of that now. With um, and obviously, I'm talking about Luke, and when I talk about the the Josh Allen thing, because people are going to be saying that, I bet. But you uh, know, Luke's never really looked bad at the Angel level. But anyway, uh, I don't know if you you've seen this popping up, but now someone on the Sabers said this too. It might have been Skinner said that 
Well, the 2019 Stanley Cup Blues were in last place at Christmas, and uh, look how things turned out there. And I feel like people are going to be saying that a lot more from now on, even though that was like a one in a million season. It's like Absolutely. it literally never happened before in NHL history. Like people are going to be saying that a lot from now on. Well, yeah, now that we're talking about 2019, I remember because this was when they had just gotten Darlene. Mm-hmm. They just got traded, like Thompson, Sabotka, all these guys are on the team now. And then, like, a flip of a switch. Basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Tage Thompson looks like he looked fantastic again. Yeah, again. Uh, he didn't have any goals in the 90s night. That is correct. Dynamite. Yeah, Tage Thompson, he looks like the same type of talent that. Jack Eichel was when he was. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really not far fetched to say that anymore. Yeah, I I don't believe it would be. Uh, he has been incredible. Just imagine, imagine how depressing things around these parts would be if Tage never, mm-hmm. never was realized. Yeah, if he never developed into this, because he has just turned into. Uh, He's the backbone of this team now, and I think the guys really do follow his lead. You're absolutely right. He is so... Every time the puck's on a stick, he pulls you out of your seat. Something happens. Yeah. There was the chance he had in the first period. I don't know how Sabres didn't score. I don't know how he didn't score. But he he somehow... He was like behind Bennington, and the puck was loose. when he hit the post. Yes, and uh, the puck was like a foot away from the goal line and they cleared it out. There might've been a penalty on the play. I'm not sure, but cause there was a stoppage right after, but no, he absolutely dominated again, even without scoring. Uh, he, he is a freight train and I can't imagine mm-hmm. trying to stop him, trying to prepare for, uh, you know, seeing him coming down the lane at you. And I, I, I'm going to keep thinking about his goal against the Bruins, the shorthanded goal because, Oh yeah. <laughs> it was such a smart play. He knew he was against a forward going back to the net, and he picked up the steam and took the forward on, who had no chance to skate backwards, was just trying to chase Tage down, which is probably impossible on skates, a six foot nine man. Uh, and he scored, and it was just a really smart, beautiful presence of mind by Tage on that goal. But that was a while back. But we're going to see more of that. We're only going to see more of that. Yeah. And yeah, that contract is. Looking real Bargain good right now. It's Only looking amazing. what are they? Twenty games in, about give or take. Yes, an ish million a year. If they didn't do that, I wonder. Are you gonna try and finesse them to go to free agency? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at now. Oh, they're not gonna be able to sign him now. He's gonna win and wait until the off season. So good on the yeah. rest of the management group for waiting for just getting it out of the way quickly because like players of his caliber, the way he's playing right now, uh, it's over 50 goals. Like he would be easily $10 million plus. Right. Right. It's, it's like players like Kevin Hayes get that contract and <laughs> produce half the amount that Tage produces. So just put yeah. that in perspective. You're still doubting it, and the cap is going up. I think four million next year on top of it, right? Is that they said it's projected to go up a couple million dollars? I think. Yeah, it's definitely going to. 
it's going to go up a bit not more yeah yeah but uh no just um you gotta put that into look at it that way and it's 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 such a bargain and had that pandemic not come i mean it would probably going up even more so absolutely yeah case uh so yeah they that's going to be good for him too because Mm -hmm. tage time he is your number one center for the foreseeable future and long term. He's like a point of game player, 40, 50 goals a year. If this is what he truly mm-hmm. with each passing day, it's looking like that is what he is. Uh that's a that's yeah. Got three million dollars in theory to go pay someone else, go make a trade. That's right. Go pick up another, uh, you know, go get a good, like, bomb 6-4 that you could pay, I don't know, two and a half, three million a year. Like right. the With uh, every like, bargain contract that they get, it means one more player that they... That they can add. Easier can, to uh, keep a guy when five yeah. should, in theory, be in a cap crunch. Mm-hmm. So, and the Samuelson contract, too. Uh, yes. Exactly. Four, four-ish million... Uh, that's they, the going rate for a really solid top four D. So if he is top pair defenseman with Darlene for the entirety of his contract, he would. So if they waited or bridged him and then they got to sign him again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So every, everything counts when you're saving money like this. So that's right. They aren't taking the, um, the Reinhardt approach, <laughs> yes. so to speak. Uh, and, and I think we talked about this a few episodes ago towards the start of the season, but I, I think maybe they, they might've learned their lesson with uh, Darlene and such where um, mm-hmm. they see what he's turned into since bridging him. And now, well, oh, he's probably going to want $10 million. So yeah. and they uh, should give it, they should give it to him. And he deserves it. Fantastic. He absolutely does. And you know what? You have the room now because the Samuelson and Tage deals are so smart. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, things are looking good. Extend him this July. Same mm-hmm. thing with power. I don't know if they're going to. Man. But with Darlene, should take the same exact approach that they did with. Mm-hmm. Give him an eight-year deal. I don't want to say give him a blank check, but. And it, at the thick mm-hmm. streak, was it seven, eight games? Some maniac on Twitter was in my mentions saying, have you where have you been where yeah. have you been to get the, this notion request a trade or want out or try and mm-hmm. leverage his way into free agency because he's only a couple years away mm-hmm. come on <laughs> this guy yeah. like clearly wants to be here try this is no Eichel situation no he's it's... trying to finesse his way into making it because when Eichel requests a trade there was no hope. There was no end to this in sight. There, there, there was no one else around him. There was no prospects coming up to the pipeline. Like there was, there was nothing. Like how soon we forget. It wasn't yeah. just a a you know uh, this guy's a jerk. He wants out. Uh, you know they're not with you know it, it, there was a there was there was nothing around him to um to like make him want to stay as a player. And it, it's clearly different now. And it's easy to get frustrated. I mean, hell, the last two episodes have probably been our most frustrated we've been this season on the show. 
But uh, no, Darlene, we're far from that course. No need to get into those weeds just yet. Yeah, I've got no doubt that they're going to try and do seven, eight year extension with him. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. This is the new philosophy of this team, clearly. Don't uh, worry. I'm, I'm walking around, but I'm just turning on my TV. Don't worry. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> Joe bad sees me in the Zoom. Too <laughs> bad they didn't decide to go long term with him. Right. Uh, last year when they signed the extension. But, you know, it is what it is. He did not look anything close to what he looks like now. So it, right. it's understandable for them to be cautious. But, yeah, so he's going to get a big raise soon. Man, there is a a, a whole lot to address, I feel like. Um, one more thing about Darlene that I want to point out. Did you notice he played with multiple uh, part, D partners the other night against uh, St. Louis? I saw him out there with, with Samuelson and with Power at different points. I think I noticed that too. I'm not so positive though. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not positive if maybe they were just uh, changing or something and had uh, mismatched guys out there, but it seemed like Darlene for extended periods of time, he was out there with uh, two different partners. And I, I'm not aware of what the ice time numbers were for the game, but um, uh, I, I looked and it was, it was Power Woman and then Samuelson the next. I think it was mostly Samuelson that he was with and that. They're going to be a shutdown pairing. I really do believe so. Uh, let's circle back to Ugo Pekalukinen really quick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more that I want to talk about with this game. But again, he had a great game. Uh, his second start of the year, uh, the Toronto game was kind of rough, but I think everyone played rough. So it's one mm-hmm. of those games where just nobody really looked all that good in that Toronto game last week. So I will I'm not gonna... I did not watch that game. Yeah, it it was rough from top to bottom. Hung out to dry. Defense is bad. The whole nine yards, mm-hmm. as they say. So I'm not gonna really fault him for that. It's a typical game from that eight game losing streak. But when we look at that losing streak as a whole, I'm thinking there were probably two games in that streak where they 100% deserved to lose. They looked terrible. They looked like the mm-hmm. worst team. That's the Vegas game and the Toronto game. Mm-hmm. The other games, they could have easily won. It was close, or they were the better team. Yeah. So I'm not... These two games against Montreal and against the Blues, it's got me feeling some optimism a little bit. I of guess. course, of course. It's, it's You don't like to lose eight games in a row, right? <laughs> and it's, but <laughs> it's it no, they looked... um They have, yeah, definitely a lot more optimism. Yeah, so I don't think I'm not going to come here and say they're a playoff team or they can make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a bottom feeder, like a bottom five team in the league. They shouldn't be, and if they are, it's a disappointment. Yeah. they're Again, they're a young team. They're dealing with injuries. They're, there's still some important decisions that need to be made about this team. So... It's going to be probably, you're probably going to see a lot of ups and downs this year. And that's, that's exactly all right. that's all right. But the ups, like the last couple games, what did they score 15 goals in two games? Like, when was the last time that you could confidently say this team can score this year? That's it. Yes. And I have the uh, stats up right now. The Sabres, how about this? 
fourth in the league in goals. Wow. And not tied with anybody. They're two goals behind Vegas for third. 75 goals scored this season. There were, there, were, there were years where they scored 200 goals <laughs> the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> and they almost have half of that. And I wow. know because we talked about this ad nauseum for three or four years, years ago about <laughs> how they couldn't score goals. Yeah. He did a segment, a whole segment one time, way back when we were still in school, going through year by year on hockey reference of when was the last time they scored like 250 goals or when was the last time they weren't bottom five in the league in scoring. I remember this. <laughs> Jeez. If they can just defend, you never know. Yes. Um, and hopefully Uko Pekalukinen comes in here and steals the job. We'll circle back to Lukinen now because we got sidetracked. But there's no, like, let's say he's by far the best option they've got. Comrie got injured mm-hmm. in the Senators game yes. last week. And Anderson came in. Uko, he Knee injury, I'm pretty sure. So he's going to be out a little bit. Don't know the full extent of what happened with him, but he's going to be out. So Lukanen, he's going to get time. He's going to get a chance to show himself. And last week, I think we put that out. I don't know if it was the day of the Senators game. I think it was the day of the Senators game. And we were saying, just bring the guy up, see what he's got. Yeah. Didn't Obviously wasn't wishing any harm on Eric Comrie to get injured or anything. But, you know, they bring him up. They start him against Toronto, a rough showing, but he really showed some poise and calmness, and he looked great against the Blues. So hopefully he's not starting tonight. I think Anderson's starting. So hopefully UPL gets a lot of games. Seems like I, I listened to Don Granado's post-game press conference before we started recording. Very well liked in the locker room. So lots of glowing things about him. But the question is, when Comrie comes back, what do they do? Opaka mm-hmm. is their best goalie. They're not gonna they're not gonna send Comrie down. They're not gonna send Anderson down. Do they carry three goalies? This was something we talked about last week. Is it smart to do it? And it's going to be a little more challenging now that they claim Tyson Jost off waivers, who we can talk about him in a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a juggling act, a balancing act. Because ideally, if you're carrying three goalies, you got three extra players. So you're going to have Anderson or Comrie as your extra goalie who's going to be in the press box. You're going to have probably an extra defenseman and an extra forward. So maybe they're going to have to make a trade or something, wave somebody. I don't know. But if UPL is their best goaltender, which very well could be, you never know, they got to keep him up. Like, what does that say? to him as well as the other young players in your organization when UPL is their best guy and you're like, okay, you're going back to Rochester just because mm-hmm. we have development. When the guy is 23, 24 years old and it's time for him to play in the NHL. And I get a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's better for him to be the starter in Rochester. I don't care. Like, let's see what he's got. I think every other team would do this. They would play him. That is a... Yeah, that, that that's a great point. Um, listen, I don't know when Comrie uh, is there any timetable on Comrie? I heard week to week. So week to week. Okay. Well, listen. I mean, if if Lukanen continues to play this way until Comrie gets back, 
I mean, it sucks because it, it happened the way it would have happened because he was hurt. And you don't want a guy to lose their job because he gets hurt. But I think you got to go forward with Luke and just wave Comrie. I think for long term, you got to stick with uh you would wave with... him. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think I, I think that Ah, oh, let's see here. There's too many options forward and defense wise where I don't think you can afford to send one of those guys down. Like in my opinion, it, it might be Krebs. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but he's scratched again tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> so him, uh, I, would he have to go through waivers though? No, thankfully no. Okay. See, he would be the first guy that comes to mind if they do go the three, the, the, the three goalie route. Um, so, uh, but those are those are my two thoughts. I think either you you do that, or if they want to go two goalies, I think you you have to stick with uh, Lucan. And as for it's better for him to start in the AHL. Eventually, that's not going to be the case, right? Like, yeah, he has to he has to start in the NHL. Absolutely, it has to be uh that that has to switch to that eventually. He's what twenty four. Yeah, he's our age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's our age. So, uh, that that has to change. It can't be the thought for forever now. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully he continues to play well. He, mm-hmm. And we talked about this last week. Every time he's come up to the NHL level, he's looked better, which is yes. not very common, but for whatever reason, he looks better. His numbers are better uh, than in Rochester. And system-wise, I'm not really sure, but hey, I'm not going to complain if he the guy looks better when he's in the NHL. So I also want to add... It's been a long time coming, but maybe Uko Pekalukinen has arrived. Perhaps. Uh, I want to add the first goal wasn't necessarily his fault. It was a wacky one that went off Samuelson's back skate and slid through. And the second one, he had a chance at miraculous save. It's not like he got destroyed and beaten. Uh, He he had a chance at it. And then the the one that was waved off, the goal was waved off. It was savable. But yeah, that was a rough one. But we'll we'll, we'll forget about it. Got bailed out. We'll forget about it. We'll act like it didn't happen because technically it didn't. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson Jost, we mentioned him. What, what have yeah. you made of his game so far? He is a heck of a player. I gotta say, yeah. they put on the power on the penalty kill. Uh, he's been excellent. I, I made just a think, difference. Uh, he definitely made a difference. Samuelson too. They both basically arrived at the same time. But mm-hmm. yeah, he former top ten pick. Uh, spent a lot of time in Colorado. They traded him to Minnesota last year, and it just did not work out. And he was a big time point producer in the BCHL. Uh, and I feel like he went to Notre, not Notre Dame. Uh, mm. uh, I was going to look him up anyway. So North yeah. Dakota, North ND. Dakota, yeah. another ND. ND. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why I got mixed up. North, North Dakota. I'm pretty sure he went to the more prominent. Uh, hockey. Yeah. So he, he kind of had to change his game a little bit and become more of a defensive player in Colorado. And, He's going. I think this was a good claim by the Sabres. I think a lot of people, myself included, were kind of surprised. It crossed my mind, like, oh, Tyson Jost, maybe they'll claim him. I didn't think they would actually do it, though. But he's been good. Like, he's mm-hmm. very, like, low-key. He's not going to really stand out, but he's, like, a smart defensive player. He's He can skate. He's got skill. This is the kind of guy, and he's only 24. So I think... Maybe not a long, long-term solution, but 
Like, you know what he is? Forward, he could be their fourth line center next year. They could, he's a depth piece, which is good. He he's like another Zemgis Gergensons. Right. And Gergensons will be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe because Joe's will be an RFA. Uh expensive qualifying offer, but they're the Savers aren't gonna have a problem reaching the, the cap, the salary cap mm-hmm. next year. So they should be fine. Like even if they gotta pay him a little more than he's worth. So maybe the fourth line next year is Rasmus Asplund. Tyson Jost, Kyle Oposo, if he wants to play another year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he looks like a decent piece. I don't want to get my get ahead of myself here. It's only been two games, two three games, but he looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm a, I've been a big fan uh, of his so far. Um, and uh, anyone who you can plug in there on the penalty kill and play, then I'm all for yeah. it. He replaced, uh, I think, Asplund. Asplund is is Asplund hurt? Yeah, he. I think day to day. I don't think he's playing tonight. He took a hit in the Montreal game. Yeah, I think it was. Also, Jacob Bryson is hurt. He's out week to week. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Uh, Casey Fitzgerald is drawing back into the lineup tonight against the Devils. What so. happened to Cal Clegg? Did he fall off the earth? Yeah, I don't understand. Clegg was definitely the better defenseman out of Pilot Fitzgerald and him. Like that group of three that were revolving around so uh interesting that casey fitzgerald is coming back in hopefully he has a good game tonight but he has not been all that impressive uh during his time in buffalo this season uh, and even last year a replacement level player as they say (laughs) yeah no below replacement level yes i would have preferred (laughs) to see lawrence pilot tonight but it is what it is as they say but yes things are looking up uh, do you have any thoughts on the Canadians game before we move on here? Nothing really. Uh, yeah, goals. What an exciting first period, though. Yeah. Well, Jeff Skinner scoring quickly. I believe Skinner was the first one to score. But two games yep. in a row, very quick goals. It was 2 nothing before the first minute was even done in the Canadians mm-hmm. game. At 18 seconds in to the Blues game, Skinner scores a wacky short side goal, but... Hey, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Skinner That's is right. probably playing some of his best hockey since being a Buffalo Sabre, which is great to see considering all that he's been through over the last handful of years. Yeah, that line is killing it right now. Beautiful. Tuck, Thompson, Skinner, they broke him up for a little while, and now they're back together, and it's been it's been nothing short of magic. Um, Tuck's been great. He had a little bit of a stretch where I'm like, okay, is he injured? I don't really know, but... Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic. He he's at like a forty goal pace. Yeah, yeah, all and of them. I think. The, I think they are even even uh, even even Olison. I think, uh, but um, for if you want to go further down the lineup, yeah. but uh, <laughs> since the Toronto game when Tuck scored, it he's he's been uh, he's been back to his normal self. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the goat heads really quick. We didn't yes. really get to talk about the uniforms, but. The arena presentation was great. The old goal horn and even the woohoo song mm-hmm. for the goals was back. Uh, I hate my, calling it by its name. I hate saying song too. I just like yeah. saying, uh, oh, they played blur. <laughs> I just think it's a stupid, you know, oh, they're playing song too for the goal song. I'm, I'm just going to say blur. I'm sorry. It sounds awkward. Doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue well, but 
yeah that was uh that was awesome what they did yeah i love the the siren i wish yes. they would just do it all the time it's so much better i love it uh one side note because you were at the game i've yes. been to a fair share of games this year why are they trying to make drop those swords a thing i, think I don't it's know so cringy like they bring like a random group of kids and there's in the the lady i forget her name she's she seems like a very nice kind lady oh of course the arena presentation during like the stoppages and everything uh like we'll put the mic in front of these kids and they'll say drop those swords and i just think it like why are they trying to force this i think it's so cringe but i think they're they're trying to add a little flavor to the in arena like the game day experience as they say but it's 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 kind of (laughs) lame it's very yeah, it, it it's cringy like you said it's i'm not into it uh, the the sound isn't very good either so you can't really understand what they're saying half the time yeah but well they're they're trying to make an effort i guess but i respect whatever uh, i respect, respect the, the game i don't know if this they might have shown this on the television broadcast once but in the arena, they would show on the on the video board the smoke and buffalo, like the the buffalo yeah. breathing the smoke <laughs> after every goal. And it was nice because obviously they can't they can't just pull a goat head up and throw it up there. And right, I, I wonder if they still have that prop somewhere in a warehouse. But, oh, uh, definitely do in some back yeah. closet in KeyBank Center. Yeah, but, uh, it was it was a cool little workaround they threw on the board. The old the iconic uh, gif that you see on Twitter. Of the uh, the logo, breathing uh, breathing smoke, and that was that was really cool. And like you I said, think the they showed it awesome. on TV because I was getting some food during the second interm the first intermission mm-hmm. uh, when the cousins scored. I was still in line, and they had the big screen TV. Uh, I was in the one hundred, so in the big like open area with all yeah. the vendors so they had the big screen right there and i was able to watch so mm-hmm. they did have the the goat head blowing out the smoke but for some reason okay. they didn't have the smoke coming out of the do they still do this the smoke coming out of the jumbotron i haven't noticed it in a i while. don't think so very interesting like from underneath yeah they do like the four pillars of smoke i don't think mm-hmm. so yeah because i was like they're not doing that they're showing it on the screen but it's not actually coming out. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah the, the presentation was awesome. Did you get a fanny pack? I did. I did nice. not get any of the cool coupons. Yeah, neither did I. I did get the, the Bam Bam sticks, which those were fun for about two minutes, yeah. and then I put it back under my seat. Yeah. I called them uh, booty clappers, Sabres <laughs> booty clappers. Uh, I, to- I, I told that to Derek Kramer yesterday in the the newsroom at work and he was he got quite the kick out of that Derek Kramer <laughs> likes to he I think we enlightened him when yeah. he was training at B at a, not B on uh 1520 right way back when when we would just reference everything as booty cheeks he yeah he said it on air a couple times so he said on air yeah so if you hear Derek Kramer on GR say booty cheeks we're responsible for that and he has said <laughs> that that is those are his words those are his words, uh, but uh, <laughs> we did we talk? Did we talk about Sabretooth repelling down yet? Oh no, we didn't. But that was okay. awesome. It that was, great. was awesome. I was a little disappointed that he wasn't in his old school yeah. red and black yeah uh, <laughs> fur, but 
good on now, um, for making the effort for him going down from the rafters. Now, maybe one of our listeners can enlighten us this because it's probably super hard to find a video to like check on this. But he came down to My Hero by Foo Fighters. And I mm-hmm. wonder if was that his, his entrance song in the past when he'd rappel down or they just <laughs> pulled it out of thin air? I couldn't tell you. I'm sure one of our listeners will yeah. enlighten us on that, though. I'd like to know. Uh, and then the pregame video, which was on oh, social media, but they man. showed it in the arena on the on the scoreboard. That was pretty much a one-to-one like recreation of the actual music video from Machine Head. A guy in it a was perfect. It was perfect. It was and then perfect. The helmet comes off, and it's Ryan Miller, and the place goes bananas. And uh, oh yeah, I want to go to Ryan Miller night, but tickets are too. <sighs> So expensive. I, I don't know. know. Uh, that might have to be one I have to check in if I can get free tickets. From, right. Yeah. Oh, man. It's tough. They did a great job on the uniform. It looks oh, great. It looks so good in person. It looks really good. Uh, I w- <laughs> if they wore it full time, I wouldn't even complain. I, I love the Royal Blue, <laughs> but it, it just looks so good. I don't know how anyone... We say this all the time, but like, how can anyone hate it? Mm-hmm. I, it looks so clean. I love it. Um, I hope they have this as a third jersey forever. Like, yes, I know they have to wear it for three years, and I really hope that when Adidas is no longer the official jersey supplier of the NHL, like they don't lose mm-hmm. out on having this jersey because it looks great. I love it. Mm-hmm. And they sell like hotcakes. I mean, yeah, clearly. person to person was buying one at the game. Uh, so it's a big hit. They got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Between yeah. that and the reverse retro, the Sabres are barely wearing their, their actual home jersey this year. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Because they're wearing this seven times. I think they're wearing the the retro. Or they're wearing it more than seven times, I think, aren't they? The, 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 um, the, the black and red, are they? Let me see if I can... I thought they were branded for like 13 games or something. Let me see if I can f- get the actual statistics and then here for you. After this, they're going to be wearing it a couple times a year. But between that and the reverse retro, which is being worn tonight, what? That's That accounts for 20 games if our numbers are correct. I don't know what the reverse retro one is. I mean, I think there's some away games with the retro mixed in, but. Okay. I have the reverse retro schedule. Okay. So it looks like they're wearing it eight times, mm-hmm. uh, three of which are away games. So the Pittsburgh, Boston, which that already happened, they're wearing it tonight against the Devils, December 9th against the Penguins, December 27th at Columbus, mm-hmm. January 14th at Nashville, January 17th at Chicago, and then at home February 1st against the Hurricanes. And that is it as far as when they're wearing that so eight games for reverse retro and i'm gonna check on the goat head really quick i have it right here it is they're wearing that 12 times at home so you said there's five home games with reverse retro uh it look yeah it looks like it yeah so that's 17 total where it's not the normal home jersey so they're only wearing the they're only wearing the royal blue theoretically uh 21 times this year yeah quarter of the season yeah which I got no problem with that. I like the variety. I do too. It's like the NBA. Yeah. So if NBA next year, like if because the reverse retro will be gone in theory, I wouldn't mind if they 
split 50 50 between the black jersey and the blue jersey because i think the blue jersey the white royal blue jersey is far superior to the blue one yes uh, the white kind of like it's, i don't know the blue one i like it i enjoy having that jersey in my collection but if they split 50 50 they'd go 20 goat head jersey 20 with a blue mm-hmm. i wouldn't complain i don't think many people would no i'm with you there i'm with you there everybody everybody's happy that way yeah please everyone mm-hmm. uh I feel like we're missing something big. Let's talk about Peyton Krebs again. Okay. It's become a pretty big topic. It's become a hot topic. Yeah, they're scratching him again. Uh, in the 90s night, they played him on the fourth line. Doesn't really do much. He He's a big four-checking presence, but you're not seeing those crazy vision passes, passes right? last year in flashes as well as in Rochester when he first got here, when the trade happened. I don't know what to do with him. Do they send him to Rochester? Would it be better for him to be playing first line minutes in Rochester, get that confidence up? Maybe like a conditioning stint. They don't even have to do a conditioning stint. He doesn't need waivers, so he can just go down. But maybe give him a week or two just to get that confidence up. I don't know how they handle this. But the Jack Quinn, Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka line looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think before the season started, like when I'm making lines just for fun, I thought like Quinn Cousins Krabs would be a good line because you have the the sniper, the goal scorer in Jack Quinn, who he scored two goals, could have been three in 90s night. He really looks like he's coming along. Cousins, the good defensive forward, relentless, Mm -hmm. uh, tough, physical, just can do it all. And then you have the playmaker, great passer and Peyton Krebs like in theory on paper it looks like a good line kind of surprised they didn't try it out but why would you break up that line at that point because Paterka like they they all complement each other so well it's a perfect line you're not going to break it up so and really do anything he's stuck I don't know if you heard anything around you at the arena but there was a couple folks around sitting around me saying like do something Krebs yeah, frustration so, boiling yeah, over. It it's spreading. It's it, I think that that sentiment is is certainly growing, and there's a lot of pressure on him too because he was the centerpiece of the Jack Eichel trade. Like, yeah, obviously Tuck was Tuck was an important piece, but Krabs was the sticking point. They weren't doing that trade until Krabs was involved. Uh, so they didn't trade for Peyton Krabs to have good defensive numbers and. Mm-hmm. For check, they trade yeah. Peyton Krebs to put up points, so they really need to make this work. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, and I don't know how they're going to do it, but they got to figure it out because you're not putting them on the top line because that line's too good to break up. You're not putting them on the Cousins line because that line's too good to break up, and putting them on the fourth line is worthless. So. Mm-hmm. It seems like Casey Middlesat and Victor Olofsson are really blocking this guy out. And he was playing pretty well when he was on a line with Asplund and Olofsson, I believe. Don't remember if it was Olofsson or Middlestad, but when he played with Asplund, it was much better. There was a great line, great defensive line. So maybe they can do something there, but they need to figure something out here. Um, I'm not yeah. going to give up on him by any means, but figure it out. 
That's right. Figure it out. Um, I want to talk about uh, Jack Quinn. Yeah, because, so I was going to say, we got to talk about him next. Oh, this guy. Past two games. He's arrived. I think, yeah, I think he has arrived. The The move he pulled on Bennington yeah, is second goal. Beautiful. Oh, oh, I don't know why Bennington was so far up his net. Mm-hmm. And before he even scored any of his goals, he had a wide open net, I think, a couple times. That's right. So he, he really has come along, and that's good he, to see because he was struggling to get into the lineup. He wasn't really doing a whole lot in the start. He's putting up good defensive numbers. He's scoring now. It's good to see. Very encouraging. And you, again, can't break that lineup. Looks great. He, he had to have had six or seven shots before. Oh, like, yeah. Because <laughs> he had so many chances. And no, this 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 could have been the, the Jack Quinn game. Yeah, he he's looking good. Um, throws a wrinkle into the Peyton Krebs plan because... As I said, those top two lines are really rolling right now, and you can't break it up. So, yeah, Quinn is doing a lot here. Um, I, they put him back on the power play. So yes. Uh, yeah. I've Did he hit a crossbar thought. on the power play? I don't remember. Thought he had a scoring chance on it. Yeah, but yeah, that whole line has just been great. Uh, Paterka, did he? I don't think he scored. No, he scored in the Canadians game. Right, he Might had, have the, had second the, goal. the second goal. Yeah, yeah. So, Cousins also looks great. He he's really turned a corner this year. He, yes. That offense is finally coming. That's right. That's right. He had uh, he had the assist to Anastroza on the three on one against St. Louis. Then he had a goal. Yeah, in the game as well. So two point nights. For cousins, there's I mean, there's no complaints really for any of the uh, forwards other than other than Krebs. <laughs> what do you think of Henestroza lately? I think he's been fine. Yeah, he puts in an honest effort. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a guy. That's right. An honest <laughs> As effort. I like to say, yes, um, he hasn't been like, oh, man, this guy looks really good since he first got back into the lineup those first couple games. But he's an NHL player. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. Good on him. Uh, That's right. He's a quality roster member. Henry Okihari. Let's talk about him really quick. He looked a little better. Uh, yeah, he did. I think it was his third game back in the lineup. So, obviously hoping that he continues to improve. But playing with Owen Power in that uh, 90s night game against the St. Louis Blues, he, he had a pretty decent game. He also scored... In the Canadians game too, so that was nice to see. His That's first right. Season. He had the he did the Briere Sally, I think too. Got down <laughs> to one knee, whipped the arm up. Yeah. Um, but uh, no. Listen, you never want to go on an eight game losing streak, but beating the Devils tonight, pretty good team. That'd be huge. And recovering to go on a three game winning streak. Now that's recovering from adversity, right there. This is yeah. Listen, this is what we want to see in a way. I mean, maybe not an eight-game losing streak to recover from, but we want to see some adversity and how they respond, and these last two games have been quite the response. 13 goals. 13 goals in two nights. And we uh, like if, What's that? As we like to do, we like to look ahead. That's right. They got Tampa Bay on Monday. 
The Sabres are two games below 500 right now. No loser points, too, which is crazy. That, yeah, and that could be costing them. You don't have any loser points. Do they have any over? Have they gone to overtime yet? I think once. Yeah. Okay. An overtime win. Let me see. Yeah, because who? 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 No. They no. haven't. They have not gone to overtime yet. Yeah, I'm double checking. Yet yeah, they have yet to go to overtime, which is insane. no Chicago. Chicago. Didn't we beat them? Uh, Olafson power play. In overtime. Uh, all I'm seeing is four to three. Oh yes, it was overtime. Okay, yes. I thought so. That yeah, that was the one. Right. That was it. Yeah, that's it. Only one, but no loser points. So the Sabers have a chance. If they win tonight, they beat Tampa. They're back at five hundred, and then you got Detroit. But then yeah. you got Colorado the day after. But then San Jose, Columbus, a couple games against Pittsburgh in a couple weeks. That's going to be a pretty big week. So if they can survive this next stretch of games here. Yeah, tough game against the Devils, tough game against Tampa, tough game against Colorado. But then the week of the fourth, you got four very winnable games. I don't know. This is, I don't want to say a crucial stretch, but they could really turn this around in a hurry if they get a couple upsets here. That's right. They can. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to that. The Sharks, Blue Jackets, and Penguins uh, week. Yeah, get some wins. Pile them up. Mm-hmm. Um, did we get any listener questions? I didn't ask for any because we don't get any questions. You guys never answer our tweets. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, maybe we need to put it on that. our personals. Do yeah. you put it on your personal or uh, good? Uh, no, no new questions. Okay, that's all right. Uh, good, good discussion. Otherwise, yes. Um, yeah, so good episode. If you don't have anything else to say, oh, I think it's my turn for the guy of the week. That's right. It is. Uh, geez. Gotta think for a second. Okay, I, I got a guy here. Uh, yes. I got a saber. Linus Omark. Okay. Remember him? Yeah. They got him was... from the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. One of Pat LaFontaine's only trades as president of hockey <laughs> operations. Brought him in for, I think it was a conditional seventh round pick. Conditions were never met. And I believe he like left the team before the end of the season and just like disappeared. But I'm going to look up his elite prospects right now. And he had a quick retrospect on where he is now. He had a wacky shootout goal when he was with Edmonton, right? Yes. That's what he was known for. And then didn't he do it again in Sweden? I think weird or in the KHL. Didn't he set a stick on fire in the KHL? Oh, in the all-star game game or something like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Omar was a 2007 fourth round pick of the Edmonton Oilers. He's 35 right now, which is crazy how Mm -hmm. time flies. But, uh, okay. So Omar, we like to bring up oil change a lot. He was a oil (laughs) change celebrity for a little bit. Yes, he absolutely was. They had a whole half an episode dedicated to him getting into the lineup. Wow. In the lockout, 12-13, he had 69 points in 48 games in the Swiss League. Wow. That's crazy. So he, was, uh, uh, he was a phenom. And then the next year, that's when he got traded to the Sabres. Really? So he played one game with the Oilers, was in Oklahoma City, back when they were the AHL team for the 
Oilers. He had 29 points in 29 games. Sabres got him for free, essentially. So I applaud them for making that trade. Like, I would take that chance any day. He had two assists in 13 games with the Sabres, then ended up in Luela in the SHL, played five games, had four points. So, And he has not been in the NHL since. He is currently in the Swiss League, the old stomping grounds. He's got 20 points in 22 games. Going back to where he had success before? He's, he's producing in Europe. <laughs> uh, if we look back in the five-game sample in SHL, four points in five games, goes to <laughs> Joker in the KHL, 46 points in 60 games. Then uh, in Ufa in Russia, KHL, 57 points in 60 games. Staying there for a few more years, 56 and 55, 55 and 55, 49 and 56, 54 and 59. Then he goes back to the Swiss League, 61 and 49, and then back to the SHL, 58 and 52. And then this year, he's basically pointing game. So, wow. His last NHL game was with the Buffalo Sabres, but maybe he'll make a comeback at 36 years old. Perhaps he'll be a midseason <laughs> signing by someone. Yeah, he's, he's putting up numbers, so good for him. Uh, I respect the move by Pat LaFontaine. His, his only, I think he claimed Matt D'Agostini, too. And then yeah. he, wa- he waved Corey Trapp. And I remember I was on the bus in high school when I saw that Corey Trapp got claimed off waivers, and I was furious because I was a Corey <laughs> Trapp fan. I remember I went to Corey Trapp's first NHL game against the Winnipeg Jets. Just because uh, it was him? No, it happened okay. to have been his game, his first game. But okay, I was a big Corey Trop fan. He he could be in line for guy of the week in a future episode. Yeah, that's guy. I forgot about Corey Trop. Corey Trop. What a name! That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. He is playing in the Austrian league for the Vienna Capitals. Oh, he, he's no longer playing. Oh, he played last year. He played four games. Yeah, 13-14, Trop played nine games with the Sabres, then got waved, Columbus picked him up. He played 44 games at 10 points, so good on him. He carved out a nice role with the Anaheim Ducks for a number of years in their organization, I should say. That's right. He was there for a long time. He's 33 years old. Looks like he's retired. Not officially, but nobody wants him. (laughs) Poor guy. I thought he was going to be around. an important piece. 20, 2007 third round pick. So you get two guys of the week this week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, if you got nothing else, I'm all set. I have nothing. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed. We'll be back next week to recap these games. Hopefully, it's another positive episode where we can have some more cautious optimism on the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast. Mm-hmm.